on episode 443 of the I Am Salt Lake podcast, we are joined by musician Jay Warren. We talked with Jay about what brought him to Utah, his experience as a musician and songwriter, his upcoming album release, and what it's like to be a musician during COVID. Hey, before we get into that conversation, though, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. Hey, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, you're asking yourself, what am I about to listen to? Do I even want to listen to this podcast? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City. We're talking to business owners, comedians, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. I don't know about you, Chrissy, but Lucy all of a sudden turned six years old. I, I, I feel, well, not, not really, not really. Not literally, she's, she's only but... two years old, but she is a chatterbox lately. Man, she's a boss. She owns us. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. She talks and she knows exactly what she wants and she knows exactly what to tell us to do. It's great. <laughs> Lucy is our two-year-old. She's two years old going on six years old <laughs> and she will probably be co-hosting this podcast with us. Soon. Oh, for sure. She'll take over the whole thing. <laughs> Hey guys, it's so important that we support local companies, especially right now. Lucky for you, we have a list of awesome local businesses at supportsaltlake.com. These guys are awesome businesses who support this podcast, and we really do have some great supporters, including Cash Premium Tailgate Equipment, Evolve Cabinets for your cabinetry needs, Modified Piercing, and more. The entire list of supporters is at supportsaltlake.com. All right, here's that conversation that we had with Jay Warren. Such a great story, such a great guy. Such great music. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Enjoy the conversation. I like to even just find out where home is, man. Where did you grow up? Like, where do you call home now? That is a great question because my dad is in the military. And so home has been a few different places. Uh, So I was born in Jersey, Hackensack, New Jersey. Okay. The Garden State. Just. My mom's from New Jersey. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Tell her I said hi. It's rare for me to meet people from there. I will. I'm sure you guys know each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I was born in Hackensack, New Jersey. And then where did we go? We moved upstate New York, back to Jersey, uh, a little bit in St. Louis, Missouri, and then ended up in San Diego, California, where, I mean, when people ask where I'm from, that's typically what I say. It's where we were for the longest. It's where my dad retired. And it's what I remember the best. And then after high school, I came out to Utah. And what brought you to Utah? School. School. So me and like three of my best friends in high school all got in to BYU. And I never in my life did I have any desire to go to BYU. Um, My three choices ended up being BYU, Pace University in New York, and then Humboldt in Northern California. Yeah, it'd be a fun place to live. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you so, can afford it. <laughs> yeah, that's another great point, if you can afford it. So yeah, between like Humboldt and BYU were my <laughs> decisions there. And two of my best friends uh, got into BYU on volleyball scholarships. And so we were like, well, let's just take the party up to Provo, Utah, I guess. And uh, yeah. Was that, was that a tough school to go to? Was BYU tough? BYU like with the, with, they have a the lot academics. of rules. There's a lot of rules there, man. Like I lived in Provo for a little while in, in Provo housing, especially like you can't. Oh yeah. yeah. We don't need to get into all that, but no, but I, was just, I mean, does that make it rules? There are a lot of rules. And for my wife and I, we always describe it as like, 
there was a time and place for Provo in our lives and it was to meet each other. And as soon as we were married, we moved it out. It did the job. Yeah. We, we came up to Salt Lake <laughs> County and it's so interesting, like not being from here and then coming into the culture of Utah and whatnot, or specifically of Provo really, and recognizing that a 45 mile drive is a completely different uh culture world culture culture world it's a whole new experience it's like yeah it really is was it tough for you to adapt or is it still tough for you to adapt to the to the culture here to the to the people to the area how long have you been here well now i've been here for a little while right so i graduated high school in um 2009 and then everything out here in 2015 when we got married so i mean it's it's been what was that 11 years now since 09, right? Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've been here for a while. And so no, I, I wouldn't say that it's currently difficult. I think you just kind of get used to things, right? But when I, when I first came out here, I remember uh, it was like a very visceral culture shock to being like, oh, there are like quite a lot of Caucasian people who think a lot of the same things in one geographic area, um, which I hadn't been around before so yeah that was that was different and i mean college i mean typically it's like the time to like expand your mind and outside or or, uh oh yeah like go have all the experiences that you're not going to have once you have to be a responsible adult right and start paying taxes (laughs) we're talking about shrooms (laughs) (laughs) right yeah Humble, humble versus byu right um yeah, and so I mean, going going to college out here was definitely. I mean, it's the only college that I went to, so I can't necessarily compare it to something else. But mm-hmm. in what my expectations or anticipations were of college, it was certainly different. And what what did you study at BYU? Like, what 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 did you major in? So I got roped into doing business. Um, okay, so I did marketing, and um, I say roped in because I. I knew I wanted to do music. I had always kind of wanted to pursue music and that was something I knew since I was small. But um, at BYU, so many people do business or like these really, um, what would you call them? Like safe majors that will like for sure get you a job right out of college and, and whatnot. And so everyone around me was studying business and like the Marriott School of Business is, you know, this like prestigious business school for undergrad. Um, and so Wait, was, everybody like, wants an MBA, right? Like everyone's wearing Sperry topsiders and it was just like, so overrated. I was like, all right, well, I mean, I guess like, this is what, this is what I got to do. That isn't to say that I'm not grateful for it because in music marketing has played a huge role in everything I've done. That being said, yeah, it was, it was a decision. I, I think I just made out of the fact that everyone else was doing business or wanted to do business. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm doing business. And it's a good, it's a good degree that kind of opens a lot of doors. Yeah. Really. Well, it is. Like I never, I never thought about it before, but the way you said it, the fact that you went for business just cause it actually helped you later with whatever you decided to do. So it seems like we should probably all major in business because then we can like do a good job at our things. Well, if there are enough hours in the could, day if I to could go, go to back. school, you know. Yeah, no, I'm not starting again. But uh, so, Jay, when did when did music come in, man? When did like have you always been like? Do you come from a musical family, or like have you always been singing, or or what? Yeah, so I've I've always been singing, um, 
my mom tells this story that I've been singing since I was 18 months old and that the first song I sang was Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. And I was like, I think that's a little exaggeration, but <laughs> according to her. <laughs> Gets the point across. Yeah, yeah, let her tell that story, yeah, man. Absolutely. That's a good story. That's an adorable story. Um, so yeah, I've always been singing. My family isn't particularly musical, but we've always been involved in the arts. So my mom was a dancer and um, went to performing arts high school in New York. Uh, my sister is a dancer. She got a full ride into school for ballet. My grandpa was an actor. He, in the U.S., his biggest role would have been in um, one of the James Bond movies, Live and Let Die. He was a scientist oh, wow. in one of those movies. Yeah. But he, my mom's side of the family is from Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. So he has like a Trinidad and Tobago Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. So my family's always been in the arts and I kind of grew up singing, dancing, doing like musicals and things like that. And so, yeah, I've just always been surrounded by it. Self-taught? Did you take lessons, singing lessons and stuff like that? Or or how, how did that all come about? I didn't take any singing lessons. Um, that's only something I've recently started to do. Okay. Realizing, um, well, in, in trying to make it a profession and in a career, I was like, well, let me really dial in like the talents that I already have let me like you know master them so to speak um but no I didn't grow up doing any singing lessons I senior year of high school taught myself to play the piano just locked myself in the house for a week to learn some chords and (laughs) wrote a song and then came out the next week and I the way my best friend tells the story he was like yeah you just came to my house one day and we're like hey you want to hear this song I wrote I play the piano now and he was like (laughs) what (laughs) wait was this before YouTube this is, this is, let's see, this is like 08. So this is like beginnings of YouTube. The, yeah. yeah. Like th- there probably wasn't a lot of stuff online to learn from. Like you really had to work <laughs> yeah, cheap to learn something. No, it was, yeah. I, I mean, remember, no, you do now too, but you know. Yeah, no, I mean, you definitely have to work. But I, I remember the way I taught myself was I made up my own little like pattern of like, okay, well, if I put my finger here, and then go up th- four keys, that sounds happy. And if I go three keys, that sounds sad. And I mean, I later learned that that's like major and minor and, and whatnot. But yeah, it was just like, I'm just going to write a song and see what happens. Do you feel like starting music that way, as opposed to learning more like in a band setting where you have to learn sheet music and tempo and all that stuff. Do you think when you're writing music, it allows you to connect more fully with like creating emotion through sound because you're not focusing as much on the technicalities? Yeah, I think there are some, for me at least, there are some really obvious pros and cons in my songwriting experience. Because I didn't have that uh, music theory background, I was just going off of and to this day, I, I really still just go off of like, well, what feels right? Like, yeah, this feels good or that doesn't feel good. And I've come to learn some music theory to where I know, well, if I'm trying to get this point across, I'll play a seventh chord instead of a major sixth or something like that. Right. But I think that it does help in terms of just relieving your mind of the restrictions of the rules of music so that you can just kind yeah. of do whatever um good you can almost stay in more of a childlike state creatively right yeah you're writing i love that yeah you can just there there are no rules when you don't know the rules so yeah i just kind of would write write whatever i think the 
the cons sometimes can be, especially when I was more at the beginning of doing music with other people or collaborating with people, is that I didn't speak the language. So it was sometimes hard to communicate like what I was trying to get across musically, which you just kind of learn and you roll with the punches and figure it out. But um, yeah, I think I think the biggest the biggest upside to having that theory is just being able to speak the language and communicate with other musicians. Hey, are you thinking of moving to Salt Lake City? Are you looking at finally getting out of the rent game and finally buying a home of your own? Well, you need to contact our good friend Monique at Market Source Real Estate. She actually helped us find the home that we're recording this very podcast in right now. How cool is that? Yeah, and we actually bought it, too. <laughs> we didn't just, like, come in. <laughs> but did you know that for almost 20 years, Market Source Real Estate has been specializing in helping people just like you and me buy and sell homes in Sugar House as well as the greater Salt Lake area? Market Source Real Estate has a background in flipping houses, and they've owned almost 20 homes themselves so they know the ins and the outs of older homes if older homes happen to be your thing. Which they are. And if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and make sellers more money. All right. So like I said, if you're thinking of moving to Salt Lake City, maybe you just got a job transfer here and you don't know where to come to. You need to contact Monique at Market Source Real Estate. You can find her info right on her website, thinksaltlakecity.com. This website is really cool. There's also a lot of really cool uh, articles about stuff yeah. going on in Salt Lake and, and information it's about the city. a good resource. Again, the website, thinksaltlakecity.com, or just give her a call, 801-810-6773. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Now, how many albums have you released? I'm looking here on uh, Spotify. You you have it looks like six up here on Spotify, right? Or maybe yeah. Eight, so or the way, 10, 11, 12. Oh, you got a lot up here on Spotify. There's quite a bit of music up there. Um, it's funny the way Spotify or the way modern streaming platforms work is that they label everything that you put up an album, even if it's just one song. It's it's okay. weird. Oh, yeah. I see. Industry changes every six months, and so things things kind of get wonky a little bit. But this September will actually be my first full length album. I've I've been probably because of that marketing background. I've been really strategic on my releases in releasing singles every pretty much about every six weeks for the last four years now just building up the fan base, building up the foundation of my brand, if you will, um, so that by the time I was ready to release an album, it would have an audience to be released to, as opposed to just spending a bunch of money releasing an album and my 300 friends that I know from back home hearing it. Now, you mentioned it's coming out in September. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought I was reading, read somewhere that it came out in June. Um, so I just had my, the first single off okay, of the album. Maybe that's what came out in June. Yeah, yeah. June 26th, the first single, uh, Take It Higher, came out. And then the next single, it's called Dangerous Thing. That comes out August 7th. Very cool. And then, uh, yeah, the full the full album is in September. Now, where are you recording these at? I mean, like in a studio here in Salt Lake or you're at home or, or what? 
So I write everything from home and I have like a little recording set up here that I write all of my demos. But for the actual recording, I'm recording at Solarium Studios in Alpine. So just uh, just south of Point of the Mountain. Now, okay, so you're, you're releasing this album in September, right? We're, the, every, I mean, we're kind of in the middle of a pandemic, right? With COVID, right? You're telling me. Uh, <laughs> oh, did you know that? It seems like musicians have been hit the hardest almost, you know, affected because you can't perform now. You can't, you can't do concerts. You can't, I mean, you can, there's, I've seen a few bars here in Salt Lake, like have some afternoon shows and stuff like that. I don't know if that Mm -hmm. really works for your music. It's tough when you have daytime shows. They're not quite the, the same thing. Because daytime shows means daytime drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Your audience (laughs) isn't totally going to remember. Yeah, it's just, it's it's interesting. So Corona season has been definitely hard for musicians. Um, within the music industry, majority of people's, or the, the bulk of their revenue comes from live music. That's, it's the easiest to monetize and you get, you get to keep the biggest uh, piece of the pie with live music. And so having that cut off was definitely difficult. I got really lucky in that my team and I had been negotiating with this distributor uh, for the last few months trying to land this distribution deal. And we were able to sign that in April. And so that came with like a nice advance that, you know, fortunately has been able to keep us afloat, you know, financially and whatnot. But um, yeah. What, what that, exactly like a distribution deal? Explain how this works yeah. now with with especially digital music, right? Yeah, no, uh, nowadays it's not the whole a, thing. CDs like physical CDs being sold. It's digital music, right? Yeah, gone, gone are the yeah. days of yeah. CDs, which is crazy to me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like it's try, not, but it is crazy. Trying to explain what a DVD is to our two year old is like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> like why? Why do we have this circle that only has one movie? It doesn't on it? make sense. Yeah. So a distribution deal differs from a a label deal in a few ways. Um, when you sign a label deal, which is what most people are familiar with, you are working with a label who is going to pay you amount of money upfront. Uh, they call that an advance against future earnings. And what that means is when the songs get released or you'll, you'll use that money to live and to create the music. When the songs get released, the label owns those songs. And then the, the first, it, it's complex, but in its simplest form, the first money that comes in goes to the label until they recoup whatever it is they advanced you. It's so like if they a got loan. A, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the whole reason labels exist is because banks don't give loans to musicians. That's really it. That's, that is that's so interesting. So what's the best way for a fan to support their favorite musicians, right? In purchasing music to acquire their music. Cause like I know Spotify doesn't pay musicians very good. So the best thing is to buy directly probably from the musician if possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of musicians will put their music up on sites like Bandcamp, which that allows you definitely to keep the big, a uh, large piece of the pie, uh, or I think the largest actually. Um, right now, the campaign that my team is running is we have this goal of being the first 
uh, Utah artist to hit number one on the iTunes R&B album chart. And in order to do that, based on our research, we have to sell 4,000 pre-orders of this album. And so that's like people going to iTunes, searching Jay Warren, Give Love is the name of the album, and then pre-ordering the album, which is like $8. The reason that that is so much more effective in like chart positioning is because I believe that it's every time someone actually buys your song, that's the equivalent of 1,500 streams. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's how the billboard and itunes that's how they uh oh, so they convert it to the cpm model right yeah oh my gosh this is i have to tell you like i never really have gotten into music and i am jealous of people who are really into it but like you're making me excited about music because it's like the side of it that i never knew about and jay don't let her kid you man she's got a great voice she's <laughs> actually has like an album that her and her sister like put out like the fan she's got oh, a great what? voice so don't oh, don't I'm, she she knows a lot about music it's a dirty little don't, secret don't uh don't all right i'm gonna like, look for it. absolutely <laughs> i'm gonna look for it <laughs> so um where i i can't remember what we were we were we were saying something. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, sorry. No. I cut you off because I'm just no, so good. fascinated that I had no, to stop the conversation. Oh, yeah, to yeah. buy, to pre-order on iTunes because mm-hmm. that, right. that actually oh, yeah, helps yeah, yeah. you out. So it actually listeners reading. right now can go over to iTunes and, and even check out because, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners haven't even had a chance to hear your music. Oh, yeah. Listen to the music first. Decide if you like it. And it's then great. The Dude, I love it. I, you know, <laughs> or just support a local I, musician. I, I, was, I was like, damn, this guy's good. I was like, yeah. I was like, I really, really like this. That's why I had to get you on the podcast, man. That's why I wanted to get you here. And and uh, thank you. I, you know, it's always from Salt Lake City, from Utah, right? Like when you see these musicians that actually um, are, you know, are ma- making it somewhere. More, more to say, yeah. you know, that are actually. Why, why do you think some musicians are successful and some aren't? Is it? Uh, I mean, and there seems like they're just as good. Do you mean like in-state versus out-of-state? Well, state? is it luck? I'm just saying, oh, like, like okay, why, okay. why do some musicians oh, right. make, like, like why do some musicians like you even get on the billboards and some Yeah, don't? where's the like, golden ticket? Like, how are you doing it, man? Like, is it sure. is it uh, motivation? Is it, is it, I'm sorry if that's a bad question. No, no, know. it's good. It's no, like, what differences no, do you question. see in people who actually create a living off yeah. of it? Like, what I, do I they do differently? So, I think that there are a few things that set apart like the professionals from the people that enjoy making music and hope that it works out eventually. Um, And I think those things are one, the songs at the end of the day, the song has to be good. Um, The only way to get a terrible song to be heard by millions of people is to pay for it to be heard by millions of people. And so money can always buy you airtime, but um, technically that's illegal, but I mean, this is America, so money talks. Well, and it, it can't buy you opinions, you know, at the yeah, end of the absolutely, day. Absolutely. That's true. It can it can buy you impressions, but I like that, but it can't buy you opinions. So, yeah, I mean, for one, I think the song has to be has to be really good. People genuinely have to enjoy the art. Um, I think second after that is that you have to know or have someone on your team that knows how to market the music. Because you could be the most amazing guitar player in the world, but if no one knows that, you're in your garage playing yeah. the most amazing songs in the world. Which is just the most devastating thing ever. Isn't I it? That. I wish like the talented people could just be like, oh, hey, we're here. 
just do your thing. Right. Here, <laughs> like, here I am. Someone. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think num- number one is, is the music. Number two is the marketing. And then unfortunately, I think number three is the money is that there is a cost of entrance to the music industry and it costs money a to create the music but also to get the music in front of people everything that my team has done for the last uh three four years has been on like shoestring budgeting and and then just marketing like our own ideas on hey how can we get people to share the music without having to to pay for it but at the end of the day that'll only get you so far you, you you eventually have to either sign a distribution deal or get an investor or find some way to f- raise funds in order to push the music beyond the borders that uh, you live in. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Libsyn. Hey, are you thinking about starting a podcast? Have you been like tossing this around in your head for a while and you do not know where to start? Well, if you were someone you know, if you're in the process of starting a podcast and you're looking for the best podcast audio host out there, go check out Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, Libsyn.com. We've been using Libsyn to host I Am Salt Lake podcast for almost eight years now, and we truly couldn't be happier. They make it super easy to set up. They make it super easy to get your podcast routed to all the podcast players out there like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora. I Am Salt Lake podcast listeners, pay attention because we have a very special promo code just for you. It's really easy to remember. It's just Salt Lake, the city that you live in. Salt Lake, one word. You use this promo code while you're at checkout and you'll get the rest of this month and all of next month of free hosting at Libsyn.com. That is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Again, the promo code is Salt Lake, all one word, Salt Lake. You'll be supporting this podcast and you'll get yourself some free podcast audio hosting at the same time. It's a win-win. You're going to love it. Many thanks to Libsyn for their support of this podcast. And let's get back into that conversation with Jay. Thanks for listening. What is something that you know now that you wished you would have known in the very beginning that would have helped you a lot in the beginning? Help maybe to even offer advice for somebody else that's listening that might be at the very beginning steps. I wish I would have known that I didn't have to try to be anything. At the beginning, I was really trying to fit into a genre and trying to think about, well, what are people going to like or like, what do I like? And maybe I should just be like that. And so I spent, I mean, I think I spent a good like two years almost with just like spinning wheels, not necessarily going anywhere because I was trying to be something. And then I realized, uh, and I don't know that there was any that there was any one moment that I realized it, but I realized that the common denominator just needed to be my voice. And as long as I was the one singing the songs, then it was my genre. And like, technically I have to check a box to distribute the music and put it up. But I realized like, I don't need to fit into any specific box. Genres in the two thousands are kind of dead anyways. There are so many blurred lines. And so I just started making the music that felt good. And yeah, that that's that's really what I, I wish I knew starting out. 
I love that. That's yeah, great. That, I mean, that reminds me of what Ira, Ira Glass says that, you know, no one's a professional when you start. Yeah. Like you all have to find your voice and figure out who you are. Yeah. That's hard. It, it is hard to find your voice and, and it's hard to know, is this me? It feels like maybe this is me, but is it truly me? You know, and then it, it, that's, that's cool, man. That's, that's really cool. Have you had a chance to play outside of Utah at all or much or, or, uh, yeah, yeah. Or, or so in the future? My, let's see. So I've definitely played quite a bit in Utah. I've done, I call it like the I-15 stretch of St. George, Provo, Logan, or I guess Salt Lake. Logan's not on the 15, but then like up to Idaho and whatnot. And then touring through Arizona, California. Most recently, actually just before everything shut down. So in, in December, I played a show in New York, got invited, I actually got paid to play that show. And it was, it was kind of one of those moments where it's like, Wow, someone's gonna fly me out to New York, and Isn't they that think the they best? Make money on me coming out there. That's that's cool. Um, so yeah, I played a show at Rockwood Music Hall in in New York, and that was great. Yeah, we had my team had all these plans for this summer on what we were going to do and what our live show was coming together and the band. We're all practicing, getting ready for it all, and then obviously, 2020 turned this out happened. how it has. Yeah. So did you? I mean, did you have things set up and paid for? I mean, like, was there a, a lot of cancellations that you had to do? Like, how much there work were, was that that everything got canceled? Let, let's see. The cancellations mostly came on, like, events that I was supposed to play at. So, like, city events or even, like, private bookings, corporate or wedding and things like that. So, those things getting canceled mostly was tough on the pocket, not so much logistically because it was just kind of an email of, Hey, so I the, the the toughest emails to open during this year have been if they start with these times are crazy. Hope you're doing well. Then I know it's like all right, here's a cancellation. Oh. <laughs> but but it's hard to get mad at them. I mean, you can't really get mad at the people that that yeah. had the event or or the, or whatever the concert. I mean, not at all. No, you de- you definitely don't get mad at the people because yeah, they're just the being responsible. In it. Right. Uh, I mean, you right. Oh, at this point that they are canceling uh because yeah chase rice in nashville did you guys hear about that he's a country artist that just had a a concert in nashville had like a thousand people there and just right now recently this is like to prove a point i don't i don't even know if it was to prove a point because i think his tour was already scheduled to start now and they just started like they just went in on the first show in nashville and yeah i mean country music fans came down on him but because wow. yeah, so was... many events are don't know what to do it's like they they can't cancel yeah because they've already got everything set up and if they you know pull out then they lose even more money yeah yeah it's it's tough we had the day that the nba shut down um i had a show in provo scheduled and my team, we were all on the phone trying to figure out like, okay, well, should we cancel? Like the NBA is canceled. Like that's a pretty big one. Like maybe we shouldn't do it. And we decided to cancel and not do it. And hindsight being 2020, I'm glad that we did because we would have looked dumb. But um, yeah, it was, ah, gosh, tough. It's, yeah, it's been tough. It's tough to know what to do right now. It's such a confusing time 
to be alive and to deal with things. It really is. Have you had any opportunities? I found it so interesting uh, watching musicians take advantage of things like Facebook Live and and Zoom and, and a lot of these video platforms in just unique ways to still get their music out there to still get their their uh, content out to their fans. Are, are you taking advantage of any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day with music, obviously you want the transaction because you want to put food on the table, sure. but almost equally as important is staying relevant, is making sure that your fans and other people know that you're still an artist who exists. And so, yeah, my team, we've been planning... Instagram live events, Facebook live. Um, there's in Salt Lake, there's a group called Social Antidote and they started, they started during coronavirus and they would, um, they put on these live streams and invite like three to four local artists out and people can donate via the little platform and whatnot. And so, yeah, doing, doing things like that. One of the things that we've been doing is, and will do, especially trying to promote this album is um, Instagram takeovers. So where we'll do a show from like the depot's Instagram. Oh account. yeah. Yeah. My kids talk about that. Oh, and how do you do, takeover. how do you do that though, man? Cause you got to get them to uh, agree to it. Absolutely. But I think what so many artists, artists have this idea in their mind that like we're the lowest of the low and no one cares about us. And if I ask for help or something like that no one's going to answer when in mm -hmm. reality it's it's really the opposite and so what we've been doing is just sending emails or dms to different uh brands or venues and saying like hey we'd be glad to put on an instagram event for your following we're not going to charge for it because at the end of the day we're in it just for the exposure and trying to get the music out and there's really no way to monetize these but um yeah so if you tell if you go to someone and say, hey, I'm going to do a show for free for your audience, it's a 99% chance they're going to say yes. And then, Well, yeah, because it's, it's content for them that they don't have to do. Exactly. It's like a total mutual benefit. Well, you're more than welcome to do one through the I Am Salt Lake Instagram if you'd like. Actually, man. yeah. You know, if, if I, you know, I don't know. Send that email. Yeah. I'd yeah, love, man. Love to. Very cool. When you're not performing music... Mm -hmm. What are some of your other hobbies and interests? Like, what are some of the other things that you enjoy doing? I am the worst because if I'm not doing music, there's nothing else that I'm doing. It's either like family or music. That's really it. Like I've tried, there was a summer that I went fishing like every day. And then I think I overfished and I was like, I think I'm fishing too much. And I got bored of that. <laughs> You're fished out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I'm, I'm fished out. I smell like, like trout. I don't know. This is weird now. And then like I tried working out. I was doing that for like six months. And then I was like, I think I'm just doing this to pass time. I'd rather be at yeah. home with the kids. And well, and that's the thing, like even what you said about earlier, like as we're getting older, you know, time feels more limited. It's the same. It feels more limited for sure. But like we kind of have to narrow our focus on what we really want to specialize on and sometimes have to be like, OK, I'm probably not going to do that painting ever. Or I'm probably not going to work out ever. <laughs> yeah, right. But then, I mean, but then like, it I'm, helps your other. It helps you enhance your other areas of life. I genuinely have tried to, especially this year, focus more on being home and being more present at home because I, I probably am like a workaholic. And so having actually the the plus side to coronavirus for our family has been 
that my wife and I have just been home and present with the kids a whole lot more than we ever have been. And so that, that's been really nice. So I guess that's my answer, right? That my hobby is. It's your family, out. man. Yeah. It's the family. That's, that's really it. That's a cool hobby. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. Chrissy and I, we talk about that all the time, like mm-hmm. how true it's such a, a tragedy of what's going on. But at the same time, there's so many great things that have come from it, like yeah. extra time with the family. It's a blessing that we've kind of been forced to slow down because life was getting to an, an un, like a, a pace that we couldn't keep up with, you know? Right. Like as right. humans, we just needed to just hold on for a second. Yeah, absolutely. So I totally get that. Having, having the, the universe put us all on pause has uh, been a, a bit refreshing. What about the uh, most memorable concert or sporting event that you've been to? You know, get to know uh, Jay a little bit more. Yeah. So most memorable that I've been to or that I performed at? Well, that, that you've been to personally, uh, a musician that you've gone and watched. Oh, okay. So what year would this have been? Maybe like, oh, I guess it would have been 2017 because Annie was pregnant. We went to Kanye West in Las Vegas. And the reason that that concert was so cool is because of the stage setup, like the production. They had the whole tour. His stage was this floating stage that just hovered above the arena. And so if you were in the pit, you were below him on this like clear screen. And so it was basically just like this huge mosh pit at Kanye West. And he was there, but like... He was above you. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I mean, he my really inner made mom. a god at that point. But yeah. <laughs> would he look down at that you? That sounds awful. Would he look down through the glass at you? Yeah. He was like looking down through the grass or looking off the sides. And it was yeah. a little platform wow. that, I mean, it was like attached to these cables and they just kind of floated it around the arena. It was. Oh, man. It was crazy. I mean, that the lights were really interesting. Cool, yeah. It, that was really, that was really something. On that note, you were mentioning, you were asking, you know, most memorable concert that you performed at. So what is the most memorable one that you performed at? It sounds like maybe you, you have a pretty memorable one. So in 2018, was that 2018? Uh, I think it was February, yeah, February 2018, I went on tour. And we did this show in Provo at Valor, the huh? the famous Valor in, in Provo. And um I don't know what it was about that show, but afterwards, like the entire band, like we were all backstage and we're just like, that may have been the most fun that we've had on stage since, since doing this. Yeah. I think it was just like, the crowd was just so into it. And like, you, you always feel good when you're on top of your game. And so like I, I was in it, the band was in it and I was singing well and just everything was it was almost like magic it just felt so good yeah that was it was it was a lot of fun provo again provo is a weird place but they have a great music scene they're starved for entertainment so yeah no they're they're a really good audience for sure yeah absolutely absolutely Let's uh let's switch directions to Salt Lake City. We have a few standard Salt Lake City related questions we ask on the podcast. Please. You know, we all have family and friends that visit the area. And, and so when I ask these questions, Jay, uh, uh, when I refer to Salt Lake City, I refer to the whole valley, right? Like not just Salt Lake City, I guess. Sure. The county. Yeah. 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 So we have family and friends that visit 
visit us, right? Maybe from San Diego or New York or whatever. And my mom you know, they're like, Hey Jay, g- give us the afternoon tour, man. Show us around. Where, where do you take them? What do you show them? Like a hike or buildings or, or, or the lake or what? So my wife and I consider ourselves indoor enthusiasts. Yeah. <laughs> I love no, it. I love that because we do the exact same thing. It's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Hikes, hikes aren't, I mean, like we'll go, but that is not necessarily our, uh, our first option. So we love downtown at Little America, the little restaurant that's in there. Okay. That's, it's, it's just like a, a good, good vibe, good energy there. So yeah, we like that. Um, downtown Temple Square is cool, mostly because it's just so iconic to like the, the temple History, and whatnot yeah. is right. It's just like people kind of come in and like, wow, that's like, that's a building. You know what I mean? So yeah, Tem- Temple Square is cool. Let's see. A lot of our life revolves around eating. So, well, what are, what are some of your favorite local eating spots? That's another question I ask. Uh, oh so yeah, if you have a yeah, few yeah. favorites, what do you like there? So uh, right now, there's uh, Brio. I okay, Brio exists outside of Utah. I I, I generally don't know that, um, but yeah, we enjoy Brio a lot. Um, there is what is the um, begins with a V vessel. Vessel. Ooh, Vessel. That's vessel. The, that's Why does that the, ring a bell? I ordered from them. And oh, it was that so was, that's right. Good. That's right. You ordered some Vessel a, f- a few nights ago. Yeah. yeah. I wanted vessel. to like tell everyone about it. Yeah. Vessel is really good. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. Vessel is really <laughs> good. Tsunami sushi. I really love sushi. So yeah, tsunami is always great. Outside of food, where would I even, what would I, oh, the salt flats. Yeah, I mean the salt flats are really cool. A lot of that's actually one of those things that's like when you see it, it's like this exists like on Earth. Like what? I feel like I'm on the moon kind of thing. Um, yeah, the salt. It flats is a are bit really of a cool. trip. Yeah, it's a bit of a trip out there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, yeah. Those are the things that I, I think come to mind for me. Is there anything that you would change about Salt Lake City if you could change something? Obviously. Mm. Not the pandemic. I mean, that's, that's its own thing. But like, imagine if this was like a year ago or something like that, right? Like, what would you change? Oh, that's a really good question. What would I change about Salt Lake? This may be superficial, but I would put a beach by Salt Lake. Because I always, the only time I haven't lived on the coast is, is being here. And so I've always been around the beach. And so I would love a beach. But I think like culturally, I would, I think I would change the way that people prejudge each other. Cause I think, but you know, before we, we went live, like we were talking a little bit about how Salt Lake counterculture exists because of such a heavy LDS culture. And I think that so oftentimes those two camps butt heads because there's almost this like, well, if I know what side of the freeway you live on, or if I know which side of the mountain you live on, then I know kind of who you are. Um, yeah. So I think com- coming in as a transplant, I think that's probably something I would change. I don't know how you do that, but yeah. When did the Me whole you know, when did amazing. the whole like east west thing? You know, it's like come on, you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's you, inter- you are who you. Every are, city you does know? it though, you know. Like you're right. Cities, that's but, true. But it definitely is here a club or not in the club. A little bit more than other places. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, so. a, it's a specific club, but yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's very interesting anytime that you have 
a large number of people located in the same geographic area that all have the same uh, mindset or approaches and perspectives on life because it 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 allows for that group of people to just suppose that that's the way life is. Uh, right. It's actually really sad. I mean, a little bit, right? A little it's, bit. It's really nice to be able to learn about other people and incorporate other things into your life and branch out and accept people. It seems like such a more exciting life to yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? And every, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Their own preferences, <laughs> no, I think you're right? right? But I think so. Well, we're kind of wrapping up the show here, Jay. Where can listeners go to check out your music, man? Like, and, and get in touch with you, uh, uh, anything like that, man? Like, let's let's talk about getting some of that stuff. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I live on the internet. So, Jay Warren, if you search that, pretty sure I'm the only one that pops up. But yeah, on Instagram, Facebook, all of my social medias are the same handle. It's just my name minus the vowels, J-Y-W-R-R-N. Yeah, find me there. And that's the website. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, YouTube, anywhere you listen to music, I'm there. Very cool. Yeah. 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 And I'll put all those links at IamSaltLake.com with this episode's uh, show notes and whatnot. And before we leave, I mean, I like to open it up. Was there anything that you were hoping we would talk about that we didn't talk about, uh, you know, so often I would go to, you know, hit the record button off and somebody would be like, Oh, I forgot to mention my book or something like that. You know? Oh, so it's sure. like, I like to open it up, man. Like if there's anything you want to promote or a shout out or, or anything, uh, that you were hoping we would talk about, maybe the fact that you can ride a unicycle or something. <laughs> yeah. Come to my unicycling event. Um, no. <laughs> you know, I would watch that. <laughs> Thank Just you. Saying. Actually, Funny story about unicycling. One time hiking the Grand Canyon, there was this couple that was unicycling the Grand Canyon and they had these huge like off-road yes. tires on their unicycles no. going the Grand Canyon. I was like, what is going on? Like I like are they training for the Clown Olympics? Like what is this? And that sounds like the worst <laughs> thing to do ever. It's crazy. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Switchbacks on their unicycles. Yeah, oh it, was, it was nuts. Um, I mean, <laughs> in terms of things to, to promote or anything, not so much even for myself, but I do think it's worth, it's actually, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely worth mentioning and talking about that. Like we are in an amazing time to where black issues are at the forefront of so many people's minds and thoughts and energies. And so, yeah, I mean, I think I think I would just say that like anyone who has the opportunity to hear black stories or um, listen to black voices and perspectives to take the time to do that, because somehow we've managed to fit, by my estimation, the entire 1960s into the first six months of uh, first six months of 2020. And um, it's it's an amazing time. It's an amazing time. Obviously, there's like tons of strife and a lot of division, but I think that it takes that in order for a society to grow and to move forward. And so it's like we're acknowledging the pain so that we can move forward. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I would, I would just encourage people to, um, to embrace that and, and lean in on it and, you know, soak, soak all of it in that you can. Thank you for bringing yeah, that up. Thank I you for talking that. about that. Uh, 
Chrissy has a final question that I she do. asks every everybody that comes through here, Jay. Uh, and I I'm feel gonna, like you just did it already. Yeah, she, you, you kind of did. Uh, but she's going to go ahead. She's going to ask it. It's been it's been awesome to have you on the podcast. I'd love to have you on down the road. Seriously, you are awesome. Your music's awesome. Everybody, yeah. go check it out. Go seriously, go check out Jay Warren. It's too easy to talk to you. So my last question is: If you could leave a motto or a piece of life advice with our listeners, what would you leave them with? Oh, um, I have my little motto written down on my whiteboard in my office, and it is help others lead a fulfilling life by showing the importance of worthwhile goals. In, in, in my personal experience, I think the most fulfilling life is a life where you're pursuing your goals, whether they're family related, work, education, whatever it is. But I don't think you can have a fulfilling life without having goals that you're working towards. And so, yeah, that's what I'd leave people with. Thanks again to Jay Warren for joining us on this episode of the podcast. If you want to find any of the links we talked about or find out more about Jay and his music, you can always find the links and resources at IamSaltLake.com slash 443. All right. It's that time of the podcast where we give weekly recommendations, Chrissy. This Mm -hmm. is uh, that time of the show. Where we, you know, something that we've enjoyed or something that we've been enjoying or something that we want to recommend to our listeners. We want to share with our friends. This was an idea I created months ago. I've been having fun doing it. And now we kind of have these COVID additions. We do. Yes. Uh, Because we're in the house a lot more. Well, yeah. I don't know if it just says we're boring or if we just don't have really good recommendations. (laughs) we're parents. It's the thing. Your recommendations first, though. Okay, my recommendation is a TV show. And maybe you guys have all seen it, but it is called The League. And holy crap, it is hilarious. So I didn't think I would like it. It's about fantasy football. But it's uh, starring Nick Kroll and Paul Shear and some other people that I'm not quite as familiar with. But it is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. And you should check it out. Very cool. Very cool recommendation, especially since we're all just like, like you said, at home. We're yeah, watching man, we're TV. hunkered down. Superstore. You actually introduced me to this one, Chrissy. I did. Uh, this is, What's it on? Hulu? I think uh, this is I think on, it's Hulu, on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, which I don't venture in too much. I'm not really a fan of their layout. Their, yeah. The way their design works. The on user Hulu. experience is terrible, but their shows. I've never heard of this show, but I actually found out it's been around since like 2015. Did you know that? That this oh, really? TV show, it, it would actually premiered on NBC. November 30th, 2015. They, this is this year, 2020, they just signed for their sixth season. I did not know that. So I've heard people mention it, you know, but I didn't even know like when it started. I don't know about you, but I feel like it's like a guilty pleasure TV show. Like it's a bit of a, like you don't want to admit it to everybody that you watch <laughs> this TV show. Like, cause it's kind of silly, yeah, right? It's but like, it's like fun. You know that there's better quality programming out there, but you're like, oh, I just need something mindless, especially with everything going on right now. Hey, it's good for that. I like it. <laughs> so yeah, Superstore, go Superstore. check that out. I agree. But before we leave you guys, I want to remind you that our entire back catalog of podcast episodes are at IamSaltLake.com. You can head on over there, check them out, and be sure to share your favorite episodes with your family and friends. Also, send us an email. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, Hello at IamSaltLake.com can reach us and just say hello, you know. And you guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local. And we'll see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy. (laughs) 